Hey, Sweating Shirt, it's Pam Meredith here to, with a little note to let you know that I record this show using the podcasting app Anchor. I've chosen to not include sponsored ads within my podcast, but Anchor has released a new feature that allows for listener support. So if you're a fan and you're interested, you can now contribute a dollar, five dollars, even ten dollars a month to help support Sweating Shirtless. I'm currently saving up for better recording equipment. You can now find the link to support wherever you're listening to this, typically in the episode description. Thank you. Now on to the show. Hey, everybody. I'm Meredith Doty, and this is Sweating Shirtless. Every episode, I dive deep into unpacking the fitness world through a body-confident and inclusive lens while picking the brains of inspiring, brilliant, accomplished, honest, new, and old friends talking about their experience with sweating shirtless. Carmen DeRocha, a pediatric nurse practitioner and avid workout enthusiast. She spent her teenage years rowing with her high school crew team, then moved into CrossFit and became a coach until making the leap to the handlebar where she teaches cycle and move. All around fiery badass who brings the heat with her playlist while also staying true to herself and encouraging fitness for all. All right, Carmen in the house. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. I'm better now that I'm here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What were you doing earlier today? Um, I was cleaning a little bit, getting ready because it's my dog's birthday. So I was going to do something for him. I worked out a little bit. So yeah, now I'm sitting down and relaxing and enjoying this conversation Beautiful. with you. It's been so long to, before we were, I, I miss you. <laughs> I know. I miss you too. It's like we only see each other virtually these days. Um, you don't, so you don't teach Saturdays, right? Well, this is, um, AKA Indigenous People Weekend, not Columbus mm-hmm. Day Weekend. So normally mm-hmm. Saturdays I do teach, but this Saturday I had off. So I went to work out instead. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you, so we've talked about this in the past, but something that I really admire as you as an infant instructor is you're just such a great coach and like feeding off the energy of the room and just honing in on what, you know, what people are doing and helping them out in the moment. Mm-hmm. How has it been? only teaching virtually for you? Yeah, so it's different. It's weird. Um, So as you know, I used to teach move indoors, like intimate before COVID. And then we had an outdoor session, which only lasted for a little bit because the weather changed. And now primarily it's all virtual, which is, it's an interesting challenge on its own because I still have to kind of hype folks up really get them motivated. And what I've been doing to really kind of connect with my my guests that come to class is kind of reaching out to them either by Instagram or Facebook and just kind of checking in to see how did it feel? Was there anything that was achy? Like, did you understand the movements? Do you have any questions? Because right now that's the only way in which I can kind of connect with them is via social media. Yeah. So yeah, it's been helpful that way. Yeah. That's awesome that you're doing that. I didn't realize that you're just taking that yeah. extra step yeah just because there's no other way for me to know if like if it went okay because i i have no idea i just i'm in an empty room by myself screaming to a camera and i'm having fun but i want to make sure everyone else is having fun (laughs) exactly that's like the thing it's so hard so i've only done the virtual workouts a few times but each time it's like you're like dying on camera and you're like these bitches better be like doing it with me at this point (laughs) 
I think it's harder than in-person teaching because there's no one else there kind yeah. of holding you accountable but yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And you can't like, you can't feed off anyone as anyone's energy, but your own. You really have to bring your own energy, yeah. which is like crazy. <laughs> yeah. um, so how did you, I don't think we've ever talked about this. So, well, we met, the first time we met was auditions for Handlebar. Yeah. Um, and which was a crazy time. Mm. Um, and I, you always took your audition, the like third or whatever round it was, you really stuck out to me because you were so brave and just kind of like went off on your own and did your own thing to that song from Coco. Yeah. And you talked about your own history. And I thought that was so, I like, it really stuck out to me to this day. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, that's how we actually met. I so. Uh, you probably know I had to do two rounds of auditions. The first round, I didn't get it. I was really sad, um, but that's okay. I worked harder. I came back and I had my second round of auditions. But um, basically how I got into fitness was, I think, accidental. So you, as you know, I'm a nurse practitioner, so health and wellness is like primary staple in my life. Um, and in high school, I kind of, you know, joined the rowing club. So I was like on the rowing team, like it was okay. I wasn't a great athlete. Um, but as I was, when I was younger, like in high school, I realized that like there was something about fitness that I connected with. Um, I don't share this story often, but I think it's kind of funny how it happened when I was first um, kind of, when I first met my, my current husband now, we met in high school and I remember kind of hanging out with him in a small group of friends and I really had a big crush on him but he liked my best friend and I was really sad and I remember he was like flirting with my best friend at the time and this, we were all at my house hanging out and I was crushed so I went up to my room closed the door and I started doing sit-ups because I was just so like I had so much nervous energy like I had so much like angst and I was like how do I yeah. get rid of it and I was just doing like I was just moving my body and I realized from then on, like, this is essentially like my therapy. I, I love working out. And at that moment I was like, oh, I feel better. Wow, I like fitness. So ever since then it kind of spiraled and here I am now teaching kettlebell classes and sometimes cycle virtual. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool that you, you like discovered it as a coping mechanism. Yeah, yeah, it was like, I had no plans to do like sit-ups like it was just like a random thing that I was just doing in my room because so I realized like it makes me feel better like the endorphins are real so hey to this day I'm still working out and now we're married so it ends up being a happy ending <laughs> it worked out those sit-ups paid off <laughs> yeah how do you how do you tie that in do you try to tie that kind of mentality into your classes as you teach um you know I'm not really sure if I I do. I think one of the things that I stress when I'm teaching is kind of just pushing your own ability and pushing your own limit again, because teaching virtually, there's no one there, first of all, to motivate you really. And there's no one there for you to compare yourself with. And I think that's a big thing that people do unintentionally. Like when you're in a group setting, the person to the left of you is crushing that run. The person to the right of you is like squatting heavier than you. And I try to focus like, don't worry about them. Like you, you are the only reason you're the only person that you need to worry about. Like that you are in your own chapter of your book. They are in a different chapter in their own book. So I try to not have people compare themselves to others because I think that's one thing that makes 
um, it makes it hard for people to kind of want to come back. And it might also kind of crush their own confidence if they're seeing Sally over there that may be doing something different that doesn't look like what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, going back to your rowing, was, was yeah. that in college you said? It was actually in high school. I was um, okay. with the crew team there and we were pretty awful. It was terrible. We we're like an urban inner city group of kids, like kind of like trying to keep up with the private school kids, but it was fun. It was great. It was an all girls um, crew team, Giro, and that's how I kind of like started into the fitness journey. <laughs> were they like brutal? Pro so you were, is it um, city as in Boston city? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, Boston Public School, I went to Boston Latin Academy, and they had a small program, at the time it was really small, and now it's huge, of inner city um, kids trying to expose them to kind of things that you wouldn't really naturally have as like growing up in an urban environment. So I was mm -hmm. part of the growing team for four years, and it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome, but you're also like critical of your own abilities. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't think I took it as seriously then. What I liked most about it was the camaraderie with the girls because it was a great way to like boost your self-confidence, which is being with other people of different backgrounds, different abilities, all pushing towards something that's new and different and challenging for, for us. Um, again, because public schools really don't have a rowing team. Um, so it was... It was awesome being with like you know kids that looked like me and talked like me and came from the same backgrounds as me doing something different that's really nice that um you had that i feel like my high school experience is so different i didn't have i wasn't on any teams i didn't have any camaraderie so i struggled with my self-confidence because i didn't have anyone to you know help build me up yeah where do you go to high school um so i went to Walpole high school as a suburb Walpole. of boston yeah, um, that was interesting. <laughs> um, that's another story for another, another day. Story for another day. You have a lot of good stories, Meredith. I need to hear them. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I'm a broken record sometimes, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> are you still friends with your rowing mates this day? Um, not as much as I would have hoped, kind of like through social media, I'm like, oh, they did a thing, that's cool, I'm gonna like that post. So we're not really as close as we were when I was like 15, which is fine, people change. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So going into college, were you still um, active throughout college? So I wanted to be, but when I went to, I went to Mass College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences to pursue my nursing license and it was brutal. I went to a 32 month accelerated program to get my bachelor um, in nursing. So there was literally no time to work out, let alone um, kind of study and sleep. So I didn't and I wish I had. Like every once in a while I'd go to like the Wentworth gym to like run on a treadmill, but it was nothing that consistent and I totally felt it because I I was stressed. <laughs> Nursing school was stressful. I was yeah. stressed. I didn't have um, any really opportunity to do it. It was a bummer. That is tough. 
I feel like college, it goes either one way or the other. Like you're, you get really into it or like it's on the back burner for those years and then you pick oh, it back up. Yeah. It was like, there was no time for like fun, leisurely activities. So um, I did like kind of dabble with yoga a little bit at the time, um, but nothing like really serious. Mm -hmm. So you graduated, you're, you're then a nurse. Yeah. I don't know how that really yeah. happens. Do you just like become a nurse or do you? Well, once you graduate, that's step one. Then you have to like pass the boards and that's step two. So I, again, I don't really tell a lot of people this, but the first time I took my boards, I didn't pass and I was flush. It, you're studying for months, for weeks, but I knew I didn't study as hard as I should have. I think it's because I had like freedom. I was like, oh my God, I'm done with school. I'm going to go on a vacation. And I went to like Aruba with, um, David, my husband's family, they like, they were so generous and they're like, you graduated, we want to have a trip for you. Let's go to Aruba. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, I was checked out. So when I took my test, I didn't pass. And then I hunkered down. I kind of locked myself in my room. I studied, took my second time. I passed. And then I, at that point I was working as a nurse. Now at that point I had more time to finally work out. So that's how that happened. <laughs> How did you deal with the um, the rejection of, of failing that test? I think I wasn't as shocked as I could have or should have been. I, I think a little part of me knew that I didn't really put enough effort into it because, again, I had all this freedom suddenly, and I'm like, I'm just going to relax and take time. So I wasn't as shocked as I should have been, and I think that kind of takes a it took me to the next level when I was actually like actually sitting down to study for my next um, board so it took it okay because I kind of knew what happened during the test yeah but I feel like you're just like a resilient bitch over here like <laughs> <laughs> you're so resilient like you're really set your sights on something and and go after it I don't know yeah I I don't know. I, I think I, maybe I just like worked out a lot after that. I was like, I'm going to study and I'm going to do well and I'm going to get these endorphins and I'm just going to like start working out again. And um, yeah, so I did that and I passed it and thank God, because that test is not easy. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine test taking and stuff always. And then Ooh. like it's then when you have like your career on the line, I can't imagine that kind of pressure. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> So um, you get your nursing degree and then you go back into fitness. And I know that you're also, you were, you also taught, um, what's it called? CrossFit, CrossFit. for a while. Yeah. yeah so did. how did you get into all of that? So I was a nurse at the time and I remember sitting at home watching TV and I saw like the, the CrossFit games, kind of like the Olympics for CrossFit athletes. I was like, oh my gosh, those women are strong as fuck. Like, lifting weight that I never seen anyone lift before and I was just thoroughly impressed and I was like I want to be that strong so I started looking online like closest CrossFit gyms near me and there was one that was literally point it was like maybe a 400 or 800 meters away from my house I was like I'm going there I signed up the next week I went for like my first intro session fell in love with like the strength and being able to lift heavy and then I I started to after a few years, I started to then teach um, CrossFit there. Yeah. That's tough. How is, how is teaching CrossFit different than 
move and cycle. I imagine it's very different. So move and cycle, I love because it's music based. Move like to the beat of the music and I'm obsessed with music. I'm obsessed with beats, like heavy, hard-hitting beats. So that is one thing that is so special about the handlebar cycle classes, about the handlebar move classes, that everything's beat-based, and I love that. CrossFit, on the other hand, there's no beat-based there. It's more about strength and more about how quickly you can finish the workout. Um, so it is very different in that aspect, but I enjoy both worlds. So um, I think the music and the movement base is what makes them so different. Yeah. And with with move and um, spin, you do a great job with like weaving in your own heritage into what music that you play. Um, can you tell me what? So I am Scottish and Irish. Where are you from? <laughs> So born and raised in Boston, but my mom is from Guatemala, which is in Central America. My dad was born in Puerto Rico, which makes me a Puerto Rican um, because it sounds way better than Puerto Rican. So I'm a Puerto Puerto Rican, Puerto <laughs> Rican American based, um, and that is one thing that I think I like to stress and kind of push and never whenever I'm teaching classes I think it's really a part of my DNA every time I hear like um, like the Latin horns the Latin bass that that just the music it drives me like it you probably notice in move class every time I play music I, I want to dance I know I can't I know I shouldn't but I'm always like wanting to just like dance a little bit so that is where my family's from um, and I, I went to Guatemala a few times when I was younger my Spanish isn't 100% perfect as which as I wish it were, but I understand it perfectly. Um, and yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell. My background. <laughs> that's really cool that you're able to go visit. And you said that you do have family there. Yeah, my um, most of my mom's family is still in Guatemala. It's a sad thing that I've never visited Puerto Rico, but I think mostly because when I was like in my teenage years, my parents divorced, so that is probably the, the fracturing of the two families is probably one thing that um, kind of that I'm missed out on. Um, my mom and dad are great friends now. They're actually better friends now than they were when they were married. So the divorce was good for them. <laughs> my dad's in Florida now, so he's living his best life. Yeah, really yeah. though, I'm jealous. Now that it's like <laughs> getting cold here, I'm like, mm, let me move to Texas or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, that's awesome. You should really go. I feel like I, so a couple of years ago, I took a trip to Scotland. Um, I feel most connected to those roots. I saw yeah. family over there and it was like, it was like a, what's that, what's that word? It's like coming home, whatever that trip is called. Yes, yes, yes. Um, um I can't remember, but I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. I just felt like, this is my land. <laughs> pilgrimage. Pilgrimage. Yes. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really um, cool to see and just I like dove, dove into the history of Scotland and like learned um, all about it and met up with my family that lives over there. Um, cool. Yeah, Did you go back? it was. Yes, it's like my favorite <laughs> country. Their their national animal is a unicorn. 
Stop it. Like, it's amazing. There's unicorns like all over the state buildings and everything. That's so great. I love that. Oh my gosh, I gotta go to Scotland. <laughs> yeah, and I need to go to Puerto Rico. It's on my list. We actually bought um, flights to, um, I don't know where, somewhere south. Mm -hmm. They were like $23 round trip, like in the beginning of quarantine for the, um, for New Year's. And I was like, Dave, let's just book it. Even if like we don't go, it's just like $23. That's amazing. So it's not Puerto Rico, but uh, I Is it an island in the Caribbean? Mm, I don't know. I don't know where we're going, but it's somewhere down there. And I'm pretty excited go? about it. I want to. I was just like talking to Dave about it. I'm like, should we still plan on going and start like looking at resorts? I were like going on a side tangent, but I actually just got my, uh, I gave blood recently and I did come back with um, antibodies. Mm -hmm, yeah. So oh. I have antibodies. And Dave's gonna get blood soon as well, so he can make double check. But I'm assuming because I have antibodies, he will have antibodies because we yeah. live together. Um, so then we'll just go, and then we'll come back at the get a test to make sure that we're negative. We'll get tested both pre, pre and post, and um, yeah, that's that's my rough plan. That's a good rough plan. I like that so far. <laughs> yeah, New Year's. I just kind of wanna get out of town a little bit. I have like a the travel itch, the travel travel bug. <laughs> um so talking about the theme of this podcast is called mm -hmm. or this series called sweating shirtless. I know now for the most part you typically teach without a shirt on. Um, I'm wearing but how right now because I was like, oh. you know what, I'm gonna be shirtless, so I'm gonna take off my shirt. <laughs> Why the hell not? I should have I I missed my own memo. <laughs> But have you always been like that? Talk to me about your journey. Well, it's interesting because when I first started CrossFit, the the previous managers were very, um, really strong with their religion, and they actually required that everyone keep their shirt on, and no one was allowed to wear booty shorts or like short shorts during class. And I was completely taken aback by that. And I didn't realize it until one day one of the members were like, oh, I just got kind of reprimanded for like taking off my shirt during a really like sweaty workout during the summer months. And I was like, what? Why? Why? We're hot. We need to. I, I, I'm hot. I want to take off my shirt. So mm -hmm. I was totally turned off by that. I, I don't think women could be subjected from men and who can take their shirts off when and why if you're hot take off your damn shirt. So I think I kept my shirt on just because out of respect to the manager, I didn't want to kind of um, ruffle feathers. But when the new management came over, I felt more confident and I was like, I'm hot. I'm going to take off my shirt. I'm sweaty. We need to do it. And ever since then, I just felt fine and comfortable taking off my shirt pre like during a really sweaty time or even like before sweaty opportunities like if you're working out and like something is in your way I, I don't want anything out of the way in my way when I'm trying to like work out um, yeah yeah so I can completely agree it's like our bodies our time if we want if we're hot and we want to take your shirt off like do do so yes. um, yeah. I think once people 
do it and take off their shirt when they're working out. It's like this, you realize that it's so much more comfortable without yeah. that extra layer. Yes. It's like liberating, like how yeah. much you feel it's actually, there was a study, I need to send it to you, but there was a really interesting like research study done about how you work out or what your strength is like, or how fast you can go once your shirt is off. It's really fascinating. People feel wow. stronger. People moved quicker. Their times were faster. I think this was like a CrossFit based um, study. So it actually encouraged athletes taking off their shirt um, during a workout because it was almost like a confidence um, booster in a way. Like it, it made people better at the workout. It's fascinating. I need to send it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Send it to me and I will link it in the description of this video. Yes. This, I will find this. it because it was super interesting the way that they kind of studied athletes wearing a shirt working out versus not wearing a shirt. I'm waiting for the time in our life when women can like free the nipple and like that. I think that'll be <laughs> hundreds of years from now, but like sometimes it gets so hot I want to take off my sports bra, but I don't think the world is ready for nipples yet. <laughs> oh my gosh. One day, one day. I, <laughs> I personally will ever be ready for that, but I support your decision. <laughs> I have like, you know, the sports bras that zip up the front Yes, yeah. I have one like that, that I bought as a matching set to these leggings I really like, but I'm terrified that in like the middle of spin class, it'll just like unzip and like tits will be everywhere. So <laughs> I, I never scary. wear it. Because <laughs> it's like, there's no like hook and eye that will keep it there. And I'm like, one one push up down is like, <laughs> if it really happens, get a show. <laughs> Could you imagine? I'd be mortified. <laughs> oh, so funny. <laughs> so funny. Um, it sounds like you've really been um, confident in your whole skin your whole life. Is that the case? Um, I don't think so. I, I think there was definitely like a part of me, like teenage Carmen when she was on the rowing team that would not take off her shirt. I don't think it was until I... I think it was when I started like maybe doing CrossFit when I was like really into my strength and realizing how much I was able to lift and how much I can deadlift that I was like feeling myself and I was like, hmm, I'm gonna take off my shirt. And I just did it and it just happened. Yeah, it just I think it just happened naturally. Like I just like started to feel a little bit more confident when I was like lifting heavier weights. I don't I don't know what it was, but I just it just happened. And I was like, taking off my shirt. And I was like, I'm gonna work out a now. lot of times, there's a someone in our lives that kind of showed us the way. I was listening to this TED talk about confidence, and um, I forget who was the one who who did the talk. But I, again, I'll link it down. Um, mm. She said, "There's there's three things that are needed for to build confidence, and it's one of them is someone to show you." how to be confident. So like a leader, was there mm. anyone in your life that really blazed the way and showed you how to be a confident I think woman? There was one um, coach that I can think of specifically that I really connected with at CrossFit during the time that was incredible. And she was probably like five feet two, um, small, like framed person, but very strong and very confident in everything that she did. And the more important thing, she was 
really welcoming and nice to new people, which I was very afraid of CrossFit. So she, I remember just like guided me and was so encouraging and she would take off her shirt during workouts. I was like, oh, she can do it. I can do it. So I I, I always remember her because she was my first coach in to kind of like strength and she's such a wonderful person. So I think she was one of the first people that really kind of got me going on that journey. Oh, yay. So awesome. We love our, our mentors and our leaders that show yeah. us the way. She was awesome. Like but holds a little good spot in our yeah. heart. But to be completely honest, I have I think I told you the story when we first tried out for spin audition. I didn't even speak to you, but you were oozing confidence in the corner. I was like, who is that? Like I was low-key kind of scared because you were so confident but you didn't even say anything it was just the way that you were like sitting and the way that you were just like holding yourself and i was like that girl's good <laughs> and you were so confident and i was like i am obsessed i remember that vividly yeah it was incredible um, take it till you make it i was shaking in my pants like i never would have guessed never would have guessed I'm like sure. this girl's a pro how is she auditioning like she needs like she, she got it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that um well auditions were just like a psycho crazy time I feel like I was just living in a dream sometimes I like kind of channel so Beyonce used to talk that she, she doesn't do this quite anymore but when she first got into performing and and got big she had her stage persona was Sasha Fierce and then it's like Beyonce and then her role person is is Sasha Fierce and I feel like that's kind of what I tap into when I'm on like the performance stage I tap into like Meredith Fierce or something Mayor Fierce Mayor Fierce I like that <laughs> I don't have my own persona I want my own persona now I need to do it name her yeah. <laughs> awesome. I know I I should give her a different name than other Mayor Fierce you should. but you should I'll think about it <laughs> But then like, then again, it's kind of like, but it also is my instructor self is in a lot of ways, my favorite version of myself. I just mm. like my most confident, my most um, self-assured for the most part, unless something terrible goes wrong in class. Um, you know, like I feel like that persona is someone that I try to carry with me into the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. it's very interesting what happens huge that's huge that's one thing that i learned like during the training for spin is that um you kind of have to be a different persona when you're teaching cycle and i when someone i think raisa or eve may have told me that and i was like oh my gosh you're right like you're a different person up there and that is a different person than you know nurse Carmen <laughs> obviously nurse Carmen and instructor Carmen are not going to be doing the same thing saying the same things but um yeah. yeah when I heard that I was like that makes total sense total sense I know it is crazy to think about but it it is almost it is helpful in a way because yeah. you can tap into that different side knowing that it's just like a different fragment of your your whole being yeah <laughs> Are there any like active choices that you make as an instructor to promote a really inclusive environment? So I try, try is the keyword. I try to expand the music options in class when I'm teaching to kind of trying to capture different genres and different ethnicities and different 
cultures trying is the key word so i'm still trying to do that i think i like to play latin music and reggaeton and ratchet beats but it's really cool to be able to play like korean songs in class people like that people from different cultures like that um, they have good music so that's one thing that i'm trying to still expand on when i'm teaching my virtual classes just to kind of make people feel comfortable and confident i think when i was teaching more in person i try to find the new person and try to really make sure that they felt comfortable and they had all their questions answered before we took off and worked out um because i remember being new and i remember how scary and petrified i was with any new experience so having someone come up to you and say like it's gonna be okay we got this you're gonna be great i think it make a big difference in somebody's fitness life it is so true. Taking that time as an instructor to go and connect with the people that you don't know in the room versus the ones that you already know and are comfortable with really makes such a big difference to those that are new to the class. Yes. Yeah. Huge. Huge. And I think that was one thing that actually the first session that I started at, they did well. They would um, kind of introduce a new person in the class and kind of make sure that everyone knew everyone's name. So that was one thing that I enjoyed about that um, gym, even though they had really strict rules on when you can take off your shirt, they wanted to make sure that you were comfortable as a new person. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, fitness, it really is, especially like those boutique and studio and like CrossFit, like specialty workouts are intimidating. It's an intimidating space, no matter what your fitness background is. Yeah. It's so intimidating. Oh, yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah, like very, like you know, you brought. Me, I went to CrossFit with you for the first time. Yeah. I was like, please just hold my hand the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you did great. You did awesome. You were great. <laughs> um, well, I had you to help me <laughs> not look like a fool. I'm like, <laughs> you just like don't know where things go. You don't know, know. when you take oh. things, and totally. it is. <laughs> Um, but yeah, being thoughtful of that, what do you think are like the main key things that instructors can do to help their clients feel more confident? I mean, we already talked about making that connection before class is probably the biggest one. Yeah, yeah. to make them, I think to make your guests and your clients um, to feel more confident, I think connection is key. Um, checking in before, checking in after, maybe even during. I think getting to know their name is also huge because there are so many people that we'll see in a class like before COVID, you can have up to 40 people in a class. So getting their name, it sounds silly, but having a personal shout out to somebody as you're working out, like sweating, dripping, like panting, you feel like a mess, like, is this ever going to end? And if you just give them a quick like little like, hey, Sally, you got this. Like it's huge it sounds so silly but like just shouting out their name is like yeah i do got this i i used to write down three names before teaching cycle like three new names and kind of like put it like on a sticky pad next to my 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 computer so i can remember to like give them a shout out because that makes a world of difference i know when people used to shout out my name i'm like yes i got this okay carmen it was <laughs> I, I i loved it <laughs> that's an awesome tip I think all instructors should write down, put it on that sticky note, yeah. just a couple names so they can have them to shout out. It's not like you, you can't expect yourself to memorize a name within 
three minutes before class because there's a thousand million things going on in your mind. I am terrible with names, but I do that as well. Yeah, it's. I think the handlebar does a great, great job at that because um, that's how I kind of started getting connected with the instructors and that's why I kept going back and that's why I'm an instructor now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And killing it. <laughs> I think you. <laughs> All right, so before we head off, I wanted to chat just about um, mental health awareness because today as we're filming is Mental Health Awareness Day. Um, and I know that there can be a stigma around mental illness, even though there should not be. Um, there's over 43 million Americans struggle with mental illness. illness. Um, the youth depression rates are rising and mental illness does not discriminate and impacts people of any age, race, religion, income. And most Americans lack access to adequate support and treatment. Um, as a side note, as a nurse, are there anything that, um, not to put you on the spot, but as a nurse, are there any anecdotes or anything that you wanted to touch on on mental health? I don't know if that's something that you yes. learn about. As a like pediatric nurse practitioner, when we do physicals, um, we listen to their heart, we listen to their lungs, we press on their abdomen, we ask them how things are going. But at the end of the visit, I always like to um, finish with talking about mental health. And I tell my patients, my teenager this, I'm saying, so your brain is connected to your body. Let's talk about your mood. And I always ask them to scale their mood in the last like two weeks on a scale of one to 10 and kind of ask them what their outlets are what is stressing you out and I make a point to wrap up with that and make a point to make them remember that we are as a healthcare provider a resource for them if they need it um so mental health is huge I don't think it's talked about enough so I I love the fact that we're, we're talking about it because it needs to be talked about more it's it's not spoken about there is a stigma with it and it drives me crazy that people think like there's a shame in going to therapy it drives me crazy to think that there's a shame in having um, like schizophrenia. If you can talk about Lance Armstrong's testicles and his cancer, we can talk about mental health. Like, come on. It's not that big of a deal. We need to talk about it. Just saying. Amen. What are you looking for when you press on the abdomen? <laughs> well, we can find the liver. We can find the spleen. We can sometimes feel like... Um, a little bit of like stool in there. It's fascinating. There's lots of things. <laughs> so you're just like checking in, making sure they're yeah, in the right place. No pain, making sure that there's no weird distension, no weird masses. Yeah. So there's a lot we can feel in the end of it. <laughs> I was like, why are you pressing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? It's there. It delivers fine. It's fine. <laughs> We're good. We're fine. <laughs> Uh, amazing. I'm going to end with five free apps that I found that may be helpful for mental health awareness. So I'm going to go over those quickly. So one is the ACT, ACT Coach app. And this app virtually guides people through awareness exercises and gives tips on how to ditch self-doubt. The next one is AETAS app, which offers mind balancing exercises to help you relax, focus, and develop a sense of well-being. Three is Happify. Uh, again, another. These are all apps. Happify is designed with input from 18 health and happiness experts, and it's positive mood 
training program is psychologist approved. It has like little games and things to just try to lighten your mood. Four is San Valo, which teaches techniques for dealing with anxiety, depression, and stress. And the fifth one I found is Day Leo, a journaling and mood tracking app. Tracking moods can help you tune in to positive things in your life, I which I think is so true. I might need to use some of those for my patients because they're always on their phone. So they'll need to use yes. them. <laughs> well, gratitude practice has shown to be one of the biggest things you can do to improve your quality of life. Oh. I really try. I even have my little gratitude journal right here. Oh, it's it's like it's every day you just write something that like you're grateful of. Yeah, before work, I'll just jot something down from like the day before or something. Because this is where I work as well, right? Now. I love <laughs> work, live, do everything. I love that work from home life. <laughs> work from home forever life. <laughs> Well, thank you, Carmen, so much for joining me on Sweating Shirtless. This has been awesome. You had such great insights, and I always love picking your brain and chatting with you and seeing your beautiful face. Lovely. It was an honor and a pleasure. On like honestly, like this was so great. Thank you so much for thinking about me. Of course. I'll say I'll see you soon. Bye. Keep playing. Bye. <laughs> Thank you again to Carmen for joining me today. Be sure to follow her on Instagram at I am Carmen De Rocha. Okay, fam, that is it for this week's episode. I truly appreciate you tuning in, listening. Your thoughtful DMs and messages mean the world to me. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to Sweating Shirtless wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find Sweating Shirtless on YouTube by searching Sweating Shirtless. While you're there, please be sure to throw us a like and a subscribe. Lastly, you can find me on the gram at mayor underscore Dodie. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time.